Well, good morning. It's wonderful to have you all here this morning. Please join me in singing the doxology in number 549. The doxology 549. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. Be silent before God, my soul. He bears my salvation. Yes, he is my rock and help, my fortress. I will not be shaken. Whoever sits in the shadow of the highest, who sleeps in the shade of the Almighty, the eternal God is your dwelling place, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Confess that the Lord is good, that his kindness endures. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is hymn number 99, What a Fellowship, What a Joy Divine. Hymn number 99, What a Fellowship, What a Joy Divine. And Lord, we have a special request this morning, and God, 
We lift up to you right now Kevin and his family. God, we would ask that your will would be upon them, that you would intervene where it is needed by the presence of your spirit, that you would help Kevin and his family overcome the challenges that they are facing. And Lord, we just lift them up to you in prayer right now. And God, we think of other family members and of friends. We think of patients throughout this medical center. We think of the staff that are working and the family members that will be visiting. Lord, we lift them all up to you in prayer. And God, we would ask that you'd remind them always of your presence in their lives. And Lord, we are so grateful as we call out to you in prayer that we think of our needs that we have. And you remind us again and again that no need is too small and that no need is too big for you. And Lord, we just lift those things up to you right now. We pray for each other as we have come here to worship, to find a better way in our lives as we desire to follow you and look up to you in all things in our lives. And God, we would ask that you would give us the confidence and the strength that we need to do that. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for joining me in prayer this morning. Our next hymn this morning is 110, Take Time to Be Holy. Take Time to Be Holy, number 110.
scripture reading this morning is Psalm 57 verses 1 through 10 Have mercy on me, my God Have mercy on me For in you I take refuge I will not take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed I cry out to God most high, to God who vindicates me He sends from heaven and saves me, rebuking those who hot, hotly pursue me. God sends forth his love and his faithfulness. I am in the midst of lions. I am forced to dwell among ravenous beasts, men whose teeth are spears and arrows, whose tongues are sharp swords. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. They spread a net for my feet. I was bowed down in distress. They dug a pit in my path. They have fallen into it themselves. My heart, O oh God, is steadfast. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make music. Awake, my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love, reaching to the heavens, your faithfulness reaches to the sky. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, as we have been worshiping you, we have taken the time to just pause in the quietness of this chapel, in the quietness of our own hearts. And Lord, I would just ask that as we continue that act of worship, that you will speak to us in quietness of spirit in all things. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but any time I'm in a training situation where I'm trying to instruct other people I want them to get it. You know what I'm talking about? Anytime you've instructed, anytime you've ever taught other people, your goal is to get them to get it, to get them to understand what they're supposed to be doing, the tasks that are involved. And last weekend, I was part of a training event where we were talking about interpersonal skills and relationships, and I was trying really hard for the people to get it. And I was frustrated because you get that sense sometimes when people are not hearing what you want them to hear and you're trying really hard to say the right things. So I was talking with one of the instructors and as we were talking about the training and how it was going, one of the things that the instructor said to me is, number one, he has learned that even though we try the best that we can, we don't have the responsibility in terms of the outcomes that people do, in terms of what they decide to do. And he was also sharing that he has found that 
as you give information to people. And as that information is processed, it is the perception, right? So as I am preaching to you this morning, you have a perception in terms of the information that I am giving you. And if you take that information and you add perception to it, it is going to be your reality. Right? So we take that information that we take, that we gather in life, we look at it through the perception of who we are, the filters in terms of who we are as human beings, and the reality is the end result. And as I thought about that, I also thought about the times that I come and I preach here, and I wonder, how am I doing with the information that I am processing? I can't control your perception, but we try to at least present in the chapel a place in which there is an act of worship for everyone that comes here, regardless of what you believe in, regardless of whether you like the ball-headed chaplain that is preaching to you. We want you to have the perception that worship is taking place here. I don't know what your reality is, but I know that I have been reminded again and again as I preach the Word of God as best as I can that that outcome is your responsibility. And my responsibility is to try to provide each and every one that comes here to worship an experience for that half hour or 40 minutes. That somehow you make that connection in all the different things we do. It might be the hymns that we sing, the prayers that we offer, the communion that we do, it might be just the presence of others reminds us that we are not alone in terms of who we are and our walk through life. But once again, that outcome for reality is your responsibility and not mine. But yet it doesn't mean that we don't have responsibilities to each other to help each other gain a better understanding so that as we process that information and we look at it through our perception, that our reality is one in which it can be the best possible reality that we can have. The peace, I think, that all of us want to have. The reality that we know that we can go to God regardless of our problems, regardless of the situations that we might be in, regardless of the things that we have done in the past. And the psalmist here gives us a journey in which he is feeling down and out about the situation that he is in. And his reality, I think, is pretty dark and pretty deep. He feels that there are a lot of people that are against him for a variety of reasons. But yet he looks to God. He looks to God even in those difficult circumstances. We're sharing with someone and they were talking about, once again, how a lot of people say those people that go to chapel or those people that go to church or those people that worship God, that they're a bunch of hypocrites. And that because we go to chapel or because we go to church, that somehow we are better and that we have a condescending attitude towards others. I personally don't like people that are condescending. I personally don't like people that have that attitude of self-righteousness, that somehow they have done it better. I just don't know what your sin is if you have a condescending attitude. I don't know what your problems are. You just 
do a very good job to keep everybody at bay so they don't get close to you to see what truly you are as a person. And as we were talking about the whole idea of hypocrisy and self-righteousness and condescending attitude, we were sharing the idea of the fact is that we as followers of Jesus Christ should not have that attitude. In fact, it should be reflected in the fact that we look up to God, not down at others. And that's exactly what the psalmist is telling us here this morning. That he is not looking down on others, but he is looking up to God for the circumstances that he finds himself facing. And God wants us to do that. God wants us to look at our circumstances in our lives and not look down on anyone or anything, but look up to God. Look up to God. Cry out to God for the needs that you have within your life. And we struggle with that because we're trying to take the information of our lives. We're trying to take the perceptions that we have and we're trying to make a reality in life in which we can enjoy life, in which we can live the way that God has intended us to live. And so we need to be careful. We need to be able to take that information and we need to exercise discernment. We need to look at that information and we need to evaluate it. We need to see those things that are harmful to us, those things that are harmful to others, those things that enrich our lives, those things that enrich the lives of other people. So we need to have that discernment. So anytime you read something, anytime you listen to something, anytime you see something, anytime you experience something, what is that information that you are taking in? And how does it affect your perception. If you go into a situation in which you're pretty open about the things that you want to learn and understand, or if you go in a situation where you're pretty closed about things that you want to learn and understand, that's going to affect how you intake that information. It's going to affect your perception, whether you're open to the things that you potentially could be learning about yourself and others, or whether you're closed to the whole idea of any type of ideas or training or philosophy that might potentially give you an opportunity to enrich your life and to make it better. And the psalmist is trying to understand that. He's crying out to God. He's talking about those that, through his reality, those that are after him, those that are trying to hurt him. And in the same way within our own lives, a lot of times we look at our circumstances and we see those things in which we feel that people are against us. The system is against us. Institutions are against us. And we become frustrated. We cry out. Maybe not in a public setting, but we cry out within our own hearts, within our own minds, about the circumstances that we are facing. And we ask those questions, those questions that many times we don't share with others. We ask those questions about why, and why did these things happen to me? 
Why did I find myself in these circumstances? And we cry out to God about the people that have hurt us, about the people that have betrayed us. But God wants us to be reminded of the fact that He always loves us for who we are, regardless of the circumstances in which we find ourselves in. And God wants us to be open to those things in which our lives can be made better, in which our lives can be enriched. And yes, people are probably against you, like I feel sometimes people are against me. And yes, like you, I also feel that institutions are against me, and they seem to be counterproductive to the things in which they have been established for But always remember this. Institutions are made out of people. And people are imperfect. And if you got up this morning and if you looked in the mirror like I did to comb my hair, I saw a lot of imperfection in my life. And in the same way, I would make an educated guess to say that there are things in your life in which are imperfect. But it doesn't excuse people's behavior. It doesn't give an excuse for injustice. It just gives us a perception that perhaps it will help us to understand our feelings and emotions about those circumstances. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Because we make a decision within our own lives every day how we are going to lead it. We make a decision in our lives within our hearts, within our minds, the emotional part of us. We make that decision in terms of how our day is going to be reflected within our own lives. We take the information of that day, the things that perhaps we are going to be doing, and we take our perceptions that we have. I cannot change your perceptions. I cannot change the filters that you have. But I can present to you perhaps some other perceptions that you need to consider and perhaps some filters that maybe you need to consider. Because that will lead to whatever your reality is going to be on that given day. It's going to be how you see the world in which you are a part of. I am not a kind of person that is a Pollyanna kind of person, right? Where everything's going to be fine and everything's going to be joyful and everything's going to be beautiful. I don't walk around with a smile on my face all the time. In fact, I don't trust people that walk around with a smile on their face all the time. But what I can say to you is, your attitude about how you meet the day is so important. Even when things around you are going wrong, the outcomes that you are hoping for are not the way that you want them to go. And the psalmist here, at the end, cries out and praises God, lifts God up, looks up to God. He sings songs, praises God, identifies with God's love, with God's compassion, 
Even when things are not going that great, God wants us always to be able to listen to Him. Listening to Him through His Word. Listening to Him through prayer. Listening to Him through music. Listening to Him through the conversations of people that are around us. Listening to Him through the life in which He has given us. But within our own lives, we follow a track that we have created. I follow the track that I have created through my life. And you can change that track. You can change the reality in which you perceive your life. And it is based on your relationship with God. It is based on that relationship through His Son, Jesus Christ, that you have and that I have. It is based on the understanding that if we have accepted Christ, that all of the things that we have done wrong, all of the mistakes that we have made, all of the sins that we have committed was taken upon Christ. And that those things are no more. Those things should no longer be a part of our lives. And they are no longer a part of our lives. Not in the eyes of God. But we hold on to those things. We hold on to the things that we have done in the past that we should let go of. Because they are no longer in the purview of God's eyes when He is looking at us in our relationship with Him. They should no longer be there. They should no longer apply. Can we learn from them? Yes. Can we get wisdom and understanding from them? Yes. Can we pass on that learning to others? Yes. But we are not responsible for the outcome of others. I am not responsible for the outcome of worship that we have here in chapel. I hope and pray that it is a good outcome. That within the brief 30 minutes that we might have, that you walk away with something in which you can use it for that day. Maybe just for the next hour. Maybe just for a few minutes. But God wants us to grow and to prosper every day. In all things. In all situations in which we find ourselves. And we turn to God. We cry out to those things to God that bother us, that give us anxiety, that make us mad, that make us angry about the circumstances. But then as we find ourselves, as we're crying out to God, He reminds us through His love that He wants us to have trust in Him. He wants us to have praise in Him. He wants to testify about the relationship that we each have with each other that reveals our relationship with God. And that He wants us to have that reassurance that the things in our lives that have separated us from God has been settled. All the accounts, all the books, all the things that we keep track of God has said to each and every one of us, they are no more. 
if you accept what my son Jesus Christ did for you and did for me on the cross. And then we can praise God. Then we can cry out to God in all goodness and all the difficulties that we are facing. Because it is in those moments when we put everything before God and we praise God they were able to see the circumstances for what they truly are in our lives. We are able to make the best possible decisions that we can make based on the information that is provided for us. Because our perception has been changed in which we take that information and we do our best that we can to see that information through God's eyes. Because now we are a son, now we are a daughter of God because of our relationship through Jesus Christ. And we begin to see his vision for our lives. And our perception begins to change. And we see the reality of our lives as something that is good. Something that can benefit others something in which we can share our journey, we can share our mistakes, we can share the things that we struggle with. And we have a sense of openness that people are willing to come to us because there is no condensation. There is no condemning of anyone that comes to us because we have allowed ourselves to be vulnerable. And we are, allow ourselves to be vulnerable to the things of God. We allow ourselves to be vulnerable to each other. And that enriches our lives. Because our reality now is open to the things of God. And every step that we take, every decision that we make, because we know that as we walk with God, God is there with us, doesn't mean that problems are going to go away. Doesn't mean that we're not going to have anxieties. Doesn't mean that we're not going to have frustrations or anger. But when those things do occur, we go right back to God and say, God, help me deal with those things in my life that I know are not good for me. Help me, God, in my life to want to praise you, that want to worship you, that want to see your love and all the creation that you have made in my life. And when we take that perception, our reality is enriched, our reality is renewed, our reality is so vital, and we begin to see things in a very unique and special way because we see those things through the eyes of God. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion. And it is always a blessed time when we take communion together because it gives us that opportunity to publicly testify to the fact of our relationship with God and that we want to see life through God's eyes. And we identify with what God has done for us 
through his Son, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have given us this blessed opportunity to change our perception. And in doing so, God, we change the reality of our lives to walk with you. And God, remind us that our sins have been forgiven because of what your Son, Jesus Christ, did for us on the cross. And we partake of this communion, identifying with that event that we are your followers and we love you and appreciate you for all that you have done. Lord, we are so thankful. Thank you for forgiving us and loving us just the way we are. In Christ's name, amen. Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please join me for our closing hymn, number 137, My Jesus, I Love Thee.